uh, we're starting a series called uh, Freely Given. Freely Given. Um, just these, this week and next week. Oh, yeah. Teens, you're heading out to teen church. I forgot to remind you. Go out through the front doors. Don't use the side door. Um, go straight out through the front doors and across to the meeting centre. Uh, if you're older than um, 14 and you're not a teen church leader, no, good. Everyone else is still here. Okay. Uh, we're in 1 Peter, chapter 4. The end of all things is near. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. The end of all things is near. What does Peter mean? Um, is he a doomsday kind of conspiracy theorist? Life is about to end. Like Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Like it's happening in our generation. Is that Peter? Uh, I know that's not Peter because um, that would be wrong. And this is the Bible. Uh, which is not wrong. And also because of this. Uh, Peter knows that he doesn't know when the end is. Because remember when Jesus came back to the disciples, he's risen from the dead, and he's with the disciples in Acts chapter 1, and they're like, Jesus is risen from the dead, and he's right there with them, and they're like, now? Is it now? Is it going to happen now? Are you going to restore this uh, kingdom now? Are you going to bring the end of time as we know it and consummate this whole uh, Messiah reign period? Is that happening right now? And Jesus said to them, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. Um, which is helpful. When anyone comes to you and says, the end of the world is near because of this and this and this, and you can go, the Father alone knows those dates and times. Why are you even studying that? It is not for you to know. Peter knew that. Um, and Jesus had said some other things too about what had to happen before the end. Witnesses had to take the good news to every nation. The temple had to be destroyed. None of that had happened yet when Peter wrote this letter. And there was this other very personal thing that Peter knew from Jesus, John 21, 18. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This is after um, Peter's been restored. This is post-resurrection. and Peter is being restored from his betrayal. Um, I tell you the truth. Peter, when you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. How do you like that for a reinstatement commission? Peter, when you were young, you, you dressed yourself. When you're old, somebody is going to kill you and that will bring glory to me. Follow me. So Peter knows he's going to get old. right? So the end of all things is near. Um, like sometime, I don't know when, likely not yet, but still I've got to tell you, the end of all things is near. So be alert and of sober mind so you can pray. Um, this link between um, the end is near and be alert and stuff. Jesus spoke about this a fair bit. Let's pick one of those times in Luke 21. For that day will come upon everything living, everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Um, it's not doomsday prep. 
It's not stock up your bomb shelter, you know, and get suspicious of everyone and hold placards and yell at people in the street, kind of, the end is near. It is just this. Time is short. This is urgency. This is, you know, like, it's not like you've got forever. Like, the end is near. Time is ticking away. If you like DC Talk and you're old and you know that song. <laughs> or this song for King and Country. This is more recent, which is a, they're a great band. I've been listening to this song a fair bit. It's called What Are We Waiting For? And it, these are the lyrics. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Why are we wasting all the time like someone's making more? That's a great line. What are we praying for? What are we saving for? What if we could be the light that no one could ignore? What are we waiting for? The end of all things is near. There's an urgency to life. So what do we do with this urgency? Let's find out first from Luke and then Peter. Jesus in Luke 21, he's talking about the end of days. He's already told them that there are trials to come. He said, the days are coming when people will persecute you and betray you and hate you and kill some of you. But by standing firm, you'll win your souls. He says, there'll be strange signs in the sky, weird tides and roaring seas and nations in turmoil and powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then Jesus will appear in the sky in power and great glory. When these things happen, Jesus says, look up because your salvation is at hand. So we are present through all of that. right? But then Jesus says this, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let they, that day catch you unaware like a trap. But that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray that you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Okay, these coming horrors, just um, in the Greek, all these things. I don't know why the New Living went to these coming horrors. <laughs> just because the passage before it is like, ah, that's... Um, it literally just says all these things, that you may be able to escape all these things. When I was younger, I thought this was talking about rapture. You know, look, all this terrible stuff is going to happen, but don't worry, because you will escape. But the problem is, we're here for all of it. <laughs> right? We saw that in the previous passage. When all these things happen, look up. Like, we're there. And Jesus has already promised persecution and, you know, betrayal and hatred, and some of you will be killed. Um, so it's not about escaping, physically escaping. What are we escaping? What are we escaping? There's only one thing that we, in context, that we can be escaping here, and that is don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness. Everyone, no more carousing and drunkenness. Um, if that, seriously, if that's an issue for you, this is a good warning for you here. Don't, don't get dulled by carousing and drunkenness. Don't try and escape into carousing and drunkenness. And 
What about the worries of life? Don't let your hearts be dulled by the worries of life. Pray that you might be strong enough to escape all these things. Pray that you'd be strong enough to escape your heart being dulled by the worries of this life. Keep alert and pray. The worries of life can dull my heart and lead me into a trap. Don't let it happen, Jesus says. Don't let your hearts be dulled. Peter heard Jesus say this. He's already experienced some of these trials. The people he's writing to are experiencing some of these trials. At the start of this letter, Peter says this. This inheritance, that is, this new birth into a living hope, um, that is, this, of, because Jesus rose from the dead into this resurrection life, into this life that starts now and then goes on beyond this physical death into an eternity with Jesus. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though, for, though now for a little while you may, have, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Right, so time is short. Don't let your hearts be dulled by the worries of life. Be alert. Pray. What else? Now, 1 Peter 4, uh, again, back to this passage that we're going to work through. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Time is short, so quick, love. Like, time is ticking away, so be selfless. So, your days are numbered, so get on and help somebody. You hear that? It's not normally what you think of in kind of like, ah, urgency, doomsday. You know, it's like stock up your shelters and get suspicious and, do you know what I mean? The end of all things is near, so above all, above all, love. Love each other deeply. And this one, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Because the end is near. Because time is short. Because each moment is urgent. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. This is a beautiful verse. I mean, it's all beautiful. And it's not, you know, you, sometimes you read this verse and you think, right, here's the instructions, this is the list of things to do, this is the, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, so I've got to do this extra thing. Like each of you should use whatever to serve others, faithful, you know, whatever. You know, sometimes you hear it like that. Now, this, is, this is like, here's an injection of life. Here's a... Here's a, a Here's a truth that if you get hold of is going to bring joy to your life. This is life eternal. This is the life that God wants for us, that he's giving to us, that he's offered to us so that we may really, truly live. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of what? Of God's grace. When I serve you, who is, who is that from? That's from God, through me, 
to you. It's God's grace. It's given to you. You're a steward. I'm a steward of the grace of God. I can preach. Well, you might not agree. But, I, you know, I get paid to. So. <laughs> and when I do that, it's not, it's, it's not me. It's God who gave me this capacity and this opportunity and this education and this memory. I'm stewarding the grace of God to me by offering it to you. Because if I hoarded it, then I'd just be hoarding that gift that God gave to me. Service is nothing more than just another way for us to go, wow, thanks God, because we don't actually receive it fully until we give it away. It's like anything. It's like forgiveness. Um, yeah, mercy. These things that we receive from God. God to us, to others. It's contrasted this with the worries of life. Jesus said, don't worry about your life. That's just very hard to do. The worries of life. Now, what Jesus means when he talks about the worries of life is the focus on the, the um, I, will, I will give to the things of this world my trust and my hope and my security and my purpose and my identity. So I will feel good about myself in as much as, I'll feel safe about my future in as much as the, the things of this life stack up for me, that my friends are the right friends, that my money is in the right kind of growth pattern, that my assets are safe, that my everything is insured, that you know what I mean? Like that's what gives me security and hope and the worries of life. When my God is not God, it's, it's stuff or it's reputation or it's achievement or it's adventure or it's pleasure or it's whatever it is that I'm putting all of my hope in. That is contrasted. That, that's a dull heart that misses life, according to Jesus. That's contrasted with a life that is a faithful steward of God's grace, where God is my source. God is my hope. God is my identity. God is my security. God is my joy and my future. Uh, A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite authors, he wrote this little chapter in The Pursuit of God called The Blessedness of Possessing Nothing. It's so beautiful where I don't need that. I just want God. He provides everything. I just want him though. And I want to be a faithful steward of God's grace. Peter puts it like this in chapter 1. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because you're receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your soul. What will it profit a person if they gain the whole world and lose their soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus says, How audacious of Peter to say, you are experiencing inexpressible and glorious joy. So if I look at you and I go, Peter, you are experiencing inexpressible and glorious joy. And I know that you are because you're a Jesus follower. And Kate, you're experiencing inexpressible and glorious joy. 
because you're a Jesus fruit. Like how the expectation from Peter that everyone he writes to here who, who actually believes this and chases Jesus and trusts him will experience that kind of salvation of their souls where they in this life experience inexpressible and glorious joy is a little audacious, is it not? In your service, in the way that you have contributed um, to help other people, in, in the moments in your life where you actually trusted Jesus and got selfless and contributed to somebody else, do you, you know what that is like? You're not like, whoa, I'm all kind of ecstatic and bubbling up, but that, that it is well with my soul space that you have in your heart where you go, this is right. Like, I feel better about myself in this moment. Not because I did anything, but because I trusted God and stewarded his grace that he gave to me. Some people are more expressive than others. Um, I, I express my, in, my uh, inexpressible and glorious joy much more overtly than most people I know, but it's still on offer for all of us right? as we faithfully steward God's grace and we become who we're born to be, recipients of the grace of God, freely given, stewards of this grace. My time, my skills, my presence, my reliability, freely given to you. I want to turn up for you to bring my skills and help to you and keep doing it as a faithful steward of God's grace. Kerry Newoff, who's a Christian pastor and commentator, um, said he wanted to introduce a new spiritual discipline into the vernacular of Christendom post-COVID, and that is the discipline of turning up as a faithful steward of God's grace. Because um, you can't, can't like, serve if you're not there. And it's such an encouragement to everyone. Every time you walk into a room, some, some of you don't believe this, but I promise you it's true. Every time you walk into a room, you encourage everybody there. Um, you think, I don't get anything out of this. Well, maybe it's not about what you get out of this. Maybe it's about being a faithful steward of God's grace to the people around us. Um, for our joy. Oh, I, wish I, I wish I believed this more than I do and I wish I would believed it as much as I do when I was 20. Because everything you pursue that is the worries of this life would return you nothing. It will return you nothing. And everything you do where you trust God and follow Jesus will fill your heart um, and help you to be who you were born to be. Um, I don't know if you notice if you come to King's Cafe, but um, we've got this next slide. There's these flowers that are appearing on the table. Um, uh, Pete had to point these out to me because I don't see things like this. <coughs> I just want coffee. <laughs> um, turns out... Um, Beck had started, Beck's our cafe manager, she started putting flowers uh, around a little bit, but we were paying for them. And Judy, who's not here this morning, uh, I was going to get her up and she didn't want to. And then when she learned she was in, serving in kids' church this morning, she thought that was even better. <laughs> Judy Harris came in one day and thought, um, this cafe needs, not just like, oh, there's a, there's a need for flowers, but I want everyone who walks into this cafe to experience something of life. I want them to smell fresh. 
flowers. I want them to experience that kind of like, oh, there's life on this table and this table and this table. And so she thought, I've got this garden. They have this crazy garden. Um, and um, there's some pictures of her garden. They're just flowers popping up all over the place. And so Judy started bringing in flowers on a Monday morning and decorating the cafe. I didn't know. Um, and lots of you who sat there wouldn't know that Judy did that, right, from her garden. And um, there's an example of one of the ones she did. I think that might have been for Barbie Week or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Um, but every end, the interesting thing is, when you go to her place, she's got like little experiments all across her windowsill about which ones last longer. Of course, she comes in on a Monday and we don't water them. So they've got to last through the week. And she hasn't complained about that. She's just trying to work out how to make them last so that when everyone comes into the cafe, they can smell and experience life. Um, it matters to her and didn't matter to her that no one knew. And I think that is fantastic. Um, praise God for Judy. Good for her, you know. And good for her that she gets to be a faithful steward of God's grace. Yeah in its various forms. So many ways to faithfully steward God's grace. Um, if you could go on a roster to help our kinder kids or our creche during the Sunday service, that would be awesome because that's a need we have now. And that would be good for you. Um, not every week, just sometimes. Faithfully stewarding God's grace. Heaps of other uh, spaces to serve. And a lot of you know this. Um, our youth leaders they serve faithfully we have helpers who come to the cafe who serve faithfully Brian's talked about the people who mow the lawns tend the gardens, visit the lonely and the sick Um, so many of you visit the lonely and the sick through the week, it is beautiful and praise God for you good for you good for you Um, some of you do that and nobody else knows you do that good for you Now, faithful stewards of God's grace, that is the the grace that God has given me. So I don't do administration or finances because that would be bad for you. (laughs) And I think everyone here should sing their guts out, but we only give some people the microphone, right? So what God has given you. that's That's what we pass on. That's what we give to others. So... When Brian offered to coordinate this maintenance thing, I was excited, not because we have a need, although we do, but because Brian wants to serve, and that's good for him. And it's good for us. Two hours a month, look, I can do that at a time that suits me. I can do that, right? That's accessible um, for most of us. If it's not accessible for you, don't worry. If you can't, there's no stress. There's no obligation. It's just opportunity. If you can, it'll be good for you. And we're really, really grateful that our church family has Brian serving faithfully. Each of us should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So pass them all the way to the end of the row. 
hold them up and we'll run around and pick them up. Pete's running around as well. And Steph. Thanks, guys. Uh, if don't forget to put your name and number on it. It'd be awesome if you tick every box, and um, and we don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're watching this online, um, you can scan the QR code there, or use the app. And um, and then we'll get to you as well. And hopefully soon, um, I'll be turning up for my two-hour stint alongside um, a lot of us just as we faithfully steward God's grace. Praise God for everyone who serves here. And I've only just talk, really just talked about the ministry of the church, the overt ministry of the church. But like I said before, praise God for everyone who stewards the grace of God in serving their kids and their families, and their neighbourhoods, and their neighbours, and their friends, and the lost and the hurting all around. So much serving happens through our 24-7 lives every week that's beautiful and life-bringing to us and to others. Peter finishes this, this thought um, that he's articulating with, in chapter 4 of 1 Peter with this. He's just said, be faithful stewards of God's grace. Be faithful stewards of God's grace. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. There's a challenge. <laughs> God, even in my words this week, especially in my words this week, can I be a steward of your grace to others? If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Praise God for his grace to all of us and for the joy we have in serving others as faithful stewards of his grace. Let's pray. Our Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth here as it is in heaven. Move us to understand your way, your beautiful, beautiful way. Help us to trust you, Jesus, in, in your way. Help us to follow you, Jesus, and not look to the worries of this life, but look to our King, our lover, our Saviour, our friend, and follow you as we faithfully serve. In Jesus' name, amen.